When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are happy to have Mr. Banky Banks over here. How are you, man? Hey, it's great, Jason, to be back here in WRS. You're playing the Western Front. Yeah, that's tomorrow and Saturday. You played, I what was it, about a month ago, two months ago that you were yeah. down at the Western Front? Uh-huh. And it was amazing. Yeah, we really got a good turnout, a good vibe, good response. That, that club, though, that room just has such a great vibe to it, really. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 small, but it's it's perfect place, you know. Good ambience, you know. Nice Mar- owner, that guy Marvin. Marvin upstate on stage with his maracas. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 great, great place, great so, people. So you're you're touring now in support or doing shows now in support of Island Boy. Yeah, the, the Island Boy CD. Album, CD, yes. Available, you can pick it up in Taurus Records. Yeah, Taurus. Yeah, you'll um, hear more of that music a little bit later. You're, you're from Anguilla, right? Tell uh, us a little bit, bit about Anguilla. Anguilla, small island in the Caribbean, beautiful, flat. So what's it near well, for us? Lots of beaches. Close, very close to St. Martin, about nine miles from St. Martin. You take a ferry, it's like 10, 20, 10 15 minutes. Uh, close, close by to St. Thomas, I would say. Uh, it's about half an hour by plane. Uh, How long from Boston? From Boston. Maybe <laughs> How about. long would it take me to get there right now? Right now? Well, I would say about four hours. From oh. from Kennedy, it's like three and a half hours. Uh, when, so, when do we leave? Uh, we leave for Moon's Flash <laughs> next <laughs> week. <laughs> so Moon's Flash, another thing. Moon's Flash Moon's, next week happening. Yeah, the 16th in Anguilla, you know, on Sandy Island. The 18th on Sinbad, which is a French island in Cuba, which is neighboring Anguilla, which is very close to Anguilla too. And, and the 19th on Pinel Island, which is in St. Martin. These are like wild concerts that I, something I started to do years ago on Moonlight Nights on deserted islands. I, just, I came back from Europe and I was kind of bored of the normal auditorium, concert hall, nightclubs. I said, let's do something wild and straight and funny. So uh, one day I just got on a boat, just put all the equipment on the boat and just took it to an island where nobody lives, took some generators, set up a stage and just played. And it's really caught on and we managed to really put together a small Moonsplash tour this year which we hope to really do, make, make a real thing in the Caribbean and anywhere else, maybe hey, to Boston. <laughs> people, people really don't feel like they can let go and be totally free and wild in a little, in a, in a, in, you know, in a club, not only in a club, but in a big arena or something. I guess being outside, especially being on a deserted island in oh, the middle yeah. of the Caribbean. And there's just water around you. There's nothing but water, man. <laughs> nothing. No, nobody's going to mess with you there. Nobody's going to mess you. Just have a good time, you know. So you have other bands play? Yeah, we, this time we're going to have the Andy Marvel band from uh, New York, uh, a local band called Lord Sound. And I'm taking down uh, my band from New York, which is the same band that comes to Western Front, the boys. Uh, Junior and guitar, Robert Mandelson bass. Uh, and it, it's really, never, a, yeah. it's, it's a potpourri of, uh, of cultures to people from all over the place. Huh? The band? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the rhythm section are all Jamaicans. I would say that. But living in New York, you know. Yeah. Chris is the drummer. Never keep a player Jamaican living in the Bronx. And the bass player. The from bass player is from Africa. 
Yeah, he's wild. I spoke to him <laughs> at the Western Front. Yeah, yeah Rob, he's a great guy. So uh, we're looking forward to the Western Front, and it's pretty busy weeks ahead, you know, from here. We go back down to the Moonsplash on the 16th. There's a new album, I know. It's, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot of reggae on it, a little bit of folk. You get into all the different styles, but for the first time now, I've gotten to listen to some of your older stuff that's no longer, no longer you, it's hard to get. It's difficult. It's collector's items. Yeah, it's it's just because uh, uh, the records were out of out of print now, and I'm I'm planning to put them back out. A lot of them back out on CD, like Terrestrial Spirits, which is the album just before Island Boy, which is still an album which is very much in demand. And I'd like to put it out again. Maybe I'd add some some other stuff with it, you know, and put it out very soon. The title track Terrestrial Spirits is a really hot song. Uh, that was what year? What year was Terrestrial Spirits? Terrestrial Spirits came out in like '89. But to, I wrote Terrestrial Spirits, that song, when I came back from Europe, I've been living in Europe for like three, three and a half, four years. And I came home, this was the first song I wrote, just coming home and being out there with the nature, you know, Terrestrial Spirits with the earth, the ocean, the, the smell of the earth, you know. And uh, just coming back home, I just wanted to, to just be a part of, of, of nature. So does having your senses so in tune... Mm-hmm. With nature and the islands, does that really wreck up, the, wreck your whole vibe when you come to New York, or does, do you, can you get into the the feel of that also? Yeah, I just close my eyes sometimes and just think of a little spot, little flashes of blue, you know, here and there. <laughs> <laughs> and you can put your mind there. I mean, it's difficult, but if you've got a strong enough mind, you can put yourself right. To, you can take yourself to any place. The only time you're going to see blue ocean around here is you look in the encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I just close my eyes, you know, and there's a little space of blue that I just save, reserve for myself. Yeah, we really, yeah. Uh, there's a way. I mean, but even with music, you can bring yourself. Oh, yeah. Use your, con- you know, your subconscious mind and bring yourself. Definitely. I try to do it here when I'm in the studios. We, have some, we try to pick up some sort of that tropics feel in this show. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose. But nature in general, you, it doesn't have to be tropics. Nature is beautiful everywhere. In the mountains, you know, you can pick up that. You can just go to the mountain, man, go to the mountaintop and just breathe that fresh air. And There's a lot of spirit up there, you know. Back here with Banky Banks, that song was Terrestrial Spirits, inspired by the whole nature of the world and of the earth and everything like that. Right. That's it. Okay, Banky, uh, about your tour, you've done some, uh, some headlining tours, some, some support tours. But your biggest thing you were talking about was Jimmy Cliff. That, uh, that Jimmy Cliff tour in '85. It was like a 20-city tour in uh, in Europe. It was awesome, huge tour. Like trailer loads of lights alone, <laughs> stage and, and stuff. And just ton, tons of people at every tons show. Tons of people and just just fun every night. You I mean, know, I'm sure nobody, everybody, everybody shows up for a Jimmy Cliff show whenever he's in town. Yeah, we did a lot of nice towns in France. A lot of people were all the way into it. You know, when I think of Paris or when I think of France, I, I, reggae is like the last thing that comes to my mind. So, how do they respond? Or they love it. I think I think in Europe they 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 love uh, uh, new things. They are open to they're a lot more open in a lot of ways than Americans are. I think, or even the English are to to stuff like jazz. Like jazz music is like almost in America, it's not respected. It's not regarded very highly. But in Europe, in France, in the south of France, and it's very people. People respect and support. Uh, you know, these the art, forms. the arty music forms. Yeah, they they support it very, very, very in much. A, in America, people are very into yeah. this stuff that you can just grab hold of right oh, there. Yeah. It's right there. Mm-hmm. I know that. So reggae, reggae is like that. Was like that. Reggae's always was was always uh, 
good in, in Europe, you know. And they sell, I mean, do what with the popular bands, Jimmy Cliff is popular, they probably sell a lot of records. And, oh, of course, they sell a lot of records there. And now you, now you live in the United States and you play a lot around here. Mm-hmm. And uh, in New York, you know, I see you send me the ads, you play a lot of clubs around New York. Mm-hmm. Those must be smaller, more intimate, and uh, like probably darker than, uh, than, than other places. Huh? That's what I would think. That was what the impression I'd get. With New York? Well, New York, New York is a very special personality. It's a town. It's different, you know. There are all kinds of clubs in New York. They're little dingy places. They, yeah. <laughs> you got to start off playing the dingy yeah, places. Of course. It's before wetlands. you can move to the Ritz. Wetlands is a great club. It's, it's small, but it's very, very, very nice club. Very intimate. Very good mood, you know, good feeling, you know. Uh, we played quite a few of the clubs there. Uh, Kilimanjaro, which is a little bigger club. Oh, well, we yeah. have a Kilimanjaro DJ here. You it, do? Yeah. I think yeah. it's a takeoff on the, New York, the original yeah, I New think York. It's, it, I think the original is in, in Washington, D.C. The New York Kilimanjaro is closed now. We did oh. that. But, uh, it seems that these clubs are dropping like flies. Yeah, clubs just come and go. Seems that way. So does it seem like, is it a discouraging thing for a, for a, a musician who's on the up and up and you know, working and looking for places to play in any place that's really... When a club falls? Yeah. Well, clubs go, but uh, people always want to go out. They all, another one comes around, they start six months, goes, another one comes. You're not discouraged comes. by the, the uh, how the music scene is so fickle? Well, you can't afford to be discouraged by that. You just have to keep on doing whatever you're doing, you know, you know, because... Just roll with it. Because it's, it's, it's life. It's, oh, yeah, it's not. It's what's happening. Uh-huh. You put out your first album in 76. Uh-huh. And that was when you converted to Rastafari. Uh, not completely converted. I never converted completely to anything. No. Well, I, did, I didn't mean anything. Yes. No, it's all right. It's fine. I'm uh, 76. Yeah, that's and when if I, you that's can what... talk about it, feel free. Yeah, that's when I... Uh, 76, I was just looking for... Looking for, somehow we grew up we grew up, grew up in a in a Christian society and we don't get there's something that's lacking something which is some kind of there's some kind of a hip, hip, hypocrisy with it to some extent we go to church and we go to Sunday school and we go to prayer meeting and we come out and we see the priest and we see whoever and we see people that wake up in the morning and go to church and before they go to church they curse and they quarrel and they come back and they quarrel they go and they drink the wine and they come so, back so you were missing something so yeah. i said this could not be right there's got to be something deeper than that this is more like just talk you know this is there's something deeper than that so we search within ourselves and see if we can find the truth about god or whatever so we keep on searching and there came a rastafari something which was different and uh something which seemed to be all right, and uh, so I, I try. I try to. I picked up some of the uh, some of the ways of the of the Rasta man, you know. And uh, I think the Rastafari has brought on the Caribbean together in a lot of ways better than most things. Many most of the things that have been tried in the Caribbean to bring people together, the only but combining force, you know, in the Caribbean for people, for young people in say the last uh, 15, 20 years. Was Rastafari. Do you think that's been brought on by music, by the reggae music? Yeah, this was brought on a lot by Bob Marley, you know, what he said. Everybody needs, like, a spiritual leader. Why not make it a musician? Yeah. So for me, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not into religion or anything like that. You don't have to give God a name for me. You know, God is always there. 
God is within everybody. It's the spirit just flows like a river goes through everybody, you know? You grew up, you started, when you started doing music. Mm -hmm. How old were you when you picked up your first guitar? I would say about nine years. I started. And uh, what were your plans? What were your plans before you realized you wanted to be a musician? Well, I was always writing and talking poetry and stuff like that. I always liked music. I remember at a very early age of just standing in my mother's kitchen door and just creating stuff in my head, songs, and just beating the door and just feeling like I'm in front of a big orchestra and conduct, conducting and arrangements going through my head and stuff like that. Really? <laughs> and then uh, I like I love music. I grew up in a family. I, I sung in the choir at church and stuff like that in Sunday school. I was in the boys' choir. And uh, then there was a guitar in the home, in my home, you know. But uh, I didn't really get a chance to play a lot of it because I had three brothers. So I made my first guitar, really, that I, the guitar that I really learned to play on, I made it myself wow. with a school friend. And, uh, yeah. So I, I made my guitar, and yeah. I learned a few chords from uh, my brother taught me a few chords, like C, G. Your, your older D. brother monopolized <laughs> the... Uh, the household guitar. Yeah. <laughs> is he, is he uh, any other musicians in your family? No, he's a banker now. Oh. <laughs> They're all great brothers. They're great because he was very instrumental in me in, when they started my career and really telling me, like, what is giving me, like, advice. You know, you should do this, you shouldn't do that. I think it's really something in blood because I have musicians in my family and some, you know, some people have it and some mm -hmm. people feel it and some people just don't. Uh-huh, uh-huh. My sister was, my sister, but she's dead now, was a very good musician also. She was a guitarist and singer. So she, you so you can feel it. You have yeah. it in you. She actually she actually picked it up from me. My sister. She used to follow me around. And after a while, I said, okay. When I, when I got in the band, I decided to play bass. I said, well, I, I need somebody to come. So I taught her to play the guitar, <laughs> so I could play bass, right? See? And she became a very very good uh, musician also. She was a good singer. Do you play bass anymore? You stick strictly with like rhythm guitar and acoustic well, guitar? I never played in the band anymore. Oh. Uh, and a lot of my studio stuff, I did it years back, like in, on the Suti Soul album. The Remember Bob album, I did all the bass in that album. Yeah, and I it. also did keyboards. Oh. Yeah. But now you have a, a, but, a traveling keyboard player. Yeah, so now I just relax and lay back and play the guitar, which I really started to compose with now. You know, from the very beginning, I always started with an acoustic guitar. Well, it's Banky Banks that we're talking to, in case you just tuned in. And uh, Remember Bob was a good one. We can play that one right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Let me give you some, a taste of my bass playing. Oh, you played bass? <laughs> I played bass. And I, play, I was played bass and keyboards on, on that album. And that was 1982. 82. This was recorded in the ASG's months, right? It's not one of my best albums as far as technically. But technically you, you did, oh, hey, but... <laughs> But, you know, it's the soul. It's not always the technical stuff. Yeah. It's the whole, it's the whole yeah. vibe of the whole I always thought that the, uh, the, you know, sometimes you go in the studio, it, all, it, it never sounds better than the demo. The demo always sounds better to you. Right, and then <laughs> when you, you press it a million times and you're and like, you wait a minute, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here. <laughs> Maybe it's just, just me. I think you, it's, it, but it's too late by then. I mean, nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody's You were listening, tell me what you think. <laughs> oh, okay, definitely. Well, this is a Remember Bob. Banky Banks, Remember Bob. Bob Marley. Uh, I don't think anybody will ever come along that will have quite the impact on the world that he has. So I guess you've had a real, he, he's had a real impact on your life. Oh, Thank Bob you. Marley, he really, uh, I mean, before I heard Bob Marley, I listened to reggae, I listened to Jimmy Cliff, I listened to Toots and the Middles. I liked it and respected the music. But I never really got that gut feeling or 
that this is the, would be the music that I would be doing, you know, because I grew up uh, listening to the Caribbean at that time. You listen to American Top 40, English Top 40, R&B, Little Calypso here and there, some reggae, you know, and so I had many influences, you know, you know, R&B, rock. And then I heard Bob. I said, Shh, this is... What did you say? He said, Shh. <laughs> this is great. This is great <laughs> stuff. I, I mean, it was it was like, at the time, it was like in 74, 75, and I heard that stuff. And I it said, really... this is great. He really does. Just what I... It really appealed to me, really, in a very strong way, because it, I could relate to it, the blues and the R&B influences in, in Bob Marley, you know, and still the very hard reggae. You know, backbeat and drums and bass. Well, here at Thursday Rockers, you know, you never we 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 carry ourselves on Bob's vibe. Here. Oh yeah, you can take that can take you around the world and back. You've heard <laughs> you, we were talking about the new the new Bob double CD, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. Some rock steady and some different stuff. Yeah, that really shows people where the roots of that whole thing came well, yeah, from. Yeah, pe- people need to know that. There's a lot of people who need to know that. So, is that something you heard before or after you? You heard the the regular reggae that people normally, you know, the, the popular, the popular Bob. Yeah, I always heard, I heard the sky, I heard all that stuff. That was the stuff that I really I heard the popular Bob. I heard, you see, at that time before Bob Marley and Cliff and those guys came to the scene, the Jamaican music was there, but it was easy to get a, 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 a reggae record in London than <laughs> 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 to get it in the Caribbean at that time. Because everything was, because that was where the mass market was. Yeah, of course. People you know, weren't buying. In the the only way you get, the only way you'd get a, a be able to pick up a, a reggae record in the Caribbean is students would go to Jamaica, to college, university, or college to come home with the record, the fresh stuff, and you pick it up. You know, you get it. You know, but it was not like, like now we can buy reggae music anywhere in the world. You know. And what about shows? What kind of shows did you see? What kind, did, were there any shows? Were there any shows that really, that really, that you think of now when you're up on stage? Any musicians that you think of? That you mean even, from my childhood? Yeah, any people that you really, not that you try to emulate, because I know mm. that, you know, it's all individual, but... Yeah, I saw the Jimmy Cliff show, I loved it. You saw that a yeah. lot, many times. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about even before I saw him in Europe. Oh, you saw him before you toured with him. Yeah, yeah. So that must have been quite a thrill. It was a thrill to be working, to, to be on the same bill with with Jimmy. Did the thrill wear off or was it like a constant buzz all the way through? Well, it was a great buzz. I was I knew I was tired after the tour. Oh, <laughs> so man. Exhausted. But, uh, what, yeah, what? Jimmy was... I, I remember listening to Jimmy's stuff and was really, really young on this very small uh, record player. A little plastic Plastic thing that plays with the battery and, and you put a 45 on it. And to, to get the words, we used to just... Put it, if it's a if it's a forty five, you put it back to thirty three. Is that right? So, so you'd be playing slow, and you so hear you all, can the understand words all the words. And listen, and you could hear the guitar parts of bass lines and stuff. And like then that. did you try to did you play this stuff? Oh, we played. We, we used to cover that stuff in the bands I used to work with as a bass player at that time. Oh, so you started off as a cover, doing cover, all doing reggae way. covers. Yes. Your band still does that. I remember. I was blown away yeah. by your guitarist and his singing. Yeah, they, yeah. When we he, always try to when he does the Bob songs mm-hmm. before you, before the show starts. Yeah. Uh, That's part of the thing. What sort of what sort of attitude was kept on the whole Jimmy Cliff tour? Because I can't really picture what that would be like touring with somebody that's a legend like that. I mean, there must have been truckloads and busloads of people, and 
and equipment and, and everything like that just cruising across the oh yeah across it was, Europe. It was awesome. It was uh, a whole lot of whole lot of gear, a whole lot of fans, a whole lot of people who have different experience, you know. <laughs> and it and it gave you a real good feeling of the whole music scene. A really good feeling for me. At that that was the best. Uh, at that time, that was the best sound, biggest and the best sound system I ever worked on. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was, you, it was the best of everything. Was, and did they take care of you? Because I know occasionally, you know, they 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 don't take care of the the opening act. We, we were treated very well. We were treated very well by Jimmy. I still have a very good uh, rapport with with Jimmy. I can call him anytime. Oh, that, hey, that's yeah. always a good connection. I guess he always works. He always uh, get all access to his concerts. If yeah, we'll have around. Jimmy Cliff's phone number here for you if anybody wants to call five seven eight 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 nine zero. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, shake that mic around. Oh, shake it around. So it's Banky Banks on WERS. We're just having a really good time, you know. And uh, we might as well play one of the new songs. All right. Uh, there's one with that Spanish guitar. Sheba. Sheba. All right. Uh, and, like uh, and the guitar, you ha- was it a guest guitar player sitting in on that? Or was that? No, this is a very good friend of mine, Jimmy Graham. He's now living in Japan. Living, doing reggae in Japan? Or what does he do? Well, he, he, he went to Japan. He, he does reggae there. Yeah. He works over there. He's been over there for years. Have you been there? Never really. Most of the people who work with me go to Japan off and on. A lot of my musicians sometimes. That seems like a strange place to go when you're in the reggae business. But I think it's it's very it's reggae's done very well there. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, reggae's there's band school there. Huh. Every month, every week, bands are going there. They do extensive clubs. They like they, they get booked for like weeks. Big, it's a big deal now. Bands, reggae bands going to Japan. Music in general in Japan, you know, but reggae's also getting a good uh, thing there. Well, I'm glad to see that it's spreading the world over. Oh, yeah. That's excellent. So we'll hear the song, Sheba. It's got a nice little uh, Spanish guitar thing happening in the beginning, but then it really kicks in and grooves. So, and it's WERS here with Banky Banks playing tomorrow night and Saturday night at the Western Front. Hopefully hopefully our good friend Marvin will come up and do his little, his little maracas. So. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for Marvin. <laughs> they are really nice people over at the Western Front, too. Hey, Marvin, how you doing? Yeah, Marvin. <laughs> Marvin, Marvin treats us really good. Cook some of that good food. Yeah, they got good food over there. I we'll have to check. Yeah, out the some. boys in the band are wild and waiting for that stuff. Waiting for some uh, red stripe too. You're drinking. You drink orange juice while you're orange while, juice while you're playing, right? Yeah, that's that's the best thing. And sky juice. Sky juice. Water. Oh. <laughs> well, let's get to the song. It's Sheba Banky Banks in the studio today, Jason here. A song called Sheba from Island Boy, and it's Banky Banks here in the studio with us again. Yeah, actually Sheba is a song I wrote way back in the 81. I tried it in several different formats, different styles, you know? Like what, different intros and? I've always been the same kind of an intro. No, not exactly, no, it didn't have that Spanish intro. It had, it always, the song has a Spanish kind of play anyhow, right? But, uh. The style, the style of reggae. I mean, there are different styles of reggae that you can play, you know. And I always try to rec- every time I go to the studio, I recorded in '82 when I did the Soothe Soul album, and I wasn't happy with it, so I just didn't put it in the album. I recorded it again later on, in '83. Uh, and it didn't do it for you. I didn't do it for me. I didn't. I hated it. I recorded it for Terrestrial Spirits album, and uh, it it it. It actually, it's the same version that we have right now, but it just didn't, for some reason, uh, I, st- I wasn't that happy with it. You didn't think it flowed with the didn't whole album. Didn't think it flowed with the whole album. It did, just didn't, you know. So then, when I did Alan Boy, I said, "Okay, well, let's check it out." And after 
going back and listening to like two years after down the line. So that's that is the same version. That's the version you hear now oh. on, uh, on Island Boy. So it's interesting. It took a while before I could feel comfortable about it to put it out. But I think uh, the treatment it got, you know, uh, Spanish guitar and whatnot, is the is the way it should be. It's, it's the best I could do with it. How many years does it go by before it makes it to an album? You know, you're you're like the last word because it's your name all over it. But well, uh, most of my stuff so far, uh, tw- uh, was, uh, Island Boy has been, I produced that all the way. It's the album that I really. So that was your your creation. My my creation. I mean, I've, I take advice from people around me. I have a, a co-producer, Bob Sittenberg, and I listen to musicians. It's not it's not like my word. It's the last word. It's like. We throw out things with musicians, with the people I work with, and people around me, you know. You let your studio musicians or your live musicians or I whoever just, might be working with you help out. And, uh, we give input. I listen to them, and I, I think about it. And, I mean, I, of course, I have the last word, some of it, most of it. But uh, have you ever I, wor- take conser- I take into consideration, you know. Have you ever worked with another, with an outside producer, maybe somebody who's tried to take an upper hand on your yes, creativity? I'm- yeah, I've done that. I've done some of that. Uh, you weren't into it. Uh, I I would love to do that. I was always, I, at one point in my life. I I was that was just what I needed. I just wanted somebody to t- to find someone who would take my stuff, and I could just lay back. I figured that that's what I needed. Just lay back and and just let it roll. You know, somebody to give me a direction. You wanted to be a rock star. No, really, a rock star. I just felt that okay. Let me just pull myself back away from the music and. Just let somebody do that for me and just try to listen to somebody, but I don't think it worked for me. You know, I have to be involved because I create the stuff, I compose the music. You know, it starts on the acoustic guitar in a room on the beach, <laughs> in the mountain top, in the, in the boat. I know, don't remind us. Come on, I know. And uh, so uh, it starts like that, and I get so close to the stuff, you know, I have to take it all the way, you know, because. Uh, I have uh, so many different styles and ways of putting across stuff, and I think the music is very delicate and very unique. So I definitely feel like, especially with the um, cross of folk and rock and reggae, it's it's incredibly unique. So I kind of know what I want to do. You know, some people try to. Some people, uh, some people hear it as something that maybe should be going straight into reggae. Some people hear it as something that maybe should be going straight into folk, or rock, or whatnot. I hear it as just something which is just unique and different, you know. And uh, I think my my I once made the mist I made a mistake by really thinking that somebody else could really I could depend on somebody else to really do it for me. I have to be very close to all the stuff that I do. I mean, I'm not, I take advice, you know, and I I like input. But you're there every step of the way through I'm production. I'm there every step of the way production. I'm the last person to leave the studio at 6 o'clock in the morning and go for breakfast. You know? I know. Is that it? Yeah. How come yeah. it always ends up that all musicians are always um, doing their, their, their recording and everything like that from like 8 at night to like 7 in the morning? Because I think I feel, I like the dark for working. You know, if I go in the studio with this day and night, I turn the lights off. I turn the lights down. Keep off. it down. Oh, yeah. Keep down, it down. Here, right here. You can tell. Look, look up. The lights are real low. <laughs> So I like to do that, and uh, it seems as though I get a better, I get more, more vibes, I get more in tune to what I'm doing. I can really focus on what I'm doing, and I feel, I get more into it, you know. 
get like candles going, incense burning over you. Yeah, yeah, that, you, that whole vibe. Yeah, that's the way I record all my vocals and stuff like that. And you keep it a very like your whole band is very when you're when you're all together in the studio. There aren't a whole lot of outsiders, right? Well, it's, some depends on what we're doing. You know, if you're doing if you're laying like basic tracks, which are like drums and keyboards, basic basic tracks. Really, we record live, almost live. Like, I go in. You don't do a hundred overdubs on your vocals. No, I do. Normally, my vocals are one take. Wow. And one take, which is like most people call it the scratch vocal. I go and plug in with the, the the drummer, the bass player, maybe a piano, and my 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 acoustic guitar. I plug in. I go in one room, and I sing and play. Most times, we take that take. That's the best. Right. <laughs> that's what we take. The first, my first vocal. So it's kind of like a live feel. And then, uh, and maybe they make clean up. Maybe I would redo after the track is done. We may redo the lead guitar, the, the guitar, my guitar, because it will have uh, traces of my vocal which leak in. So may may do that again if it's, you know, if I can get it done as good as. You if know. you can, if you can do it in the first take. If you could do the whole thing in the first take. I do you? it. A lot of the stuff is done like that. Like Island Boy, is like all like, go in and do it live. Go in and sing the vocal and play the, play the acoustic guitar, and then mm, later on we do the overdubs like lead guitars and maybe uh, some keys or whatever. Well, know? isn't that how most of it was done in the old Studio One? And yeah, that's the way it was done, and that's the way I still like to work. I hate to like overproduce. Normally, what people do is uh, yeah, what people do is go in the studio, put a scratch vocal, and then at the very end of it, everything is all perfect. They go and do the lead vocal. You know what I mean? The core of the thing is what I do, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, is the, of the feel is so. I like to get my vocal, or whatever I'm doing, get the feel, get the, you know, get the vibe, get the live feeling of that, and then everything builds around that. Do you feel? Do you? Does your voice usually hold up throughout the whole thing? You, do you ever have any? You know, never have any vocal trouble. I've never had in the studio. I never had vocal trouble. I know. I most of my takes so one take or two takes in the studio. I never had problems in the studio before. Because mm. I'm I'm so well rehearsed. I'm 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 a solo kind of player. You know, I can take my guitar. I'm always rehearsing. I can take my guitar anytime and do the whole set. Well, next time you're here, I hope you have a guitar and a band. <laughs> April, Live Music Week. We'd like to see you in here playing some of that music live on the radio, W-E-R-S. Definitely. Thank you, Banks. That's where it's at. And and your band, you have five people, so it's uh, not too much for the... uh, It's four. It's four, including me. Four and you. And me, yes. And then we have a sound engineer who I think is a very, very, very important part of the band. Well, I heard the um, live live tape from the VFW in Nantucket, is Uh it? And... uh, there was a dub on that. The dub on Terrestrial's Foods, yeah. Yeah, and it's, oh, the, the, I guess the sound guy must have been really on the ball for that one. Oh, yeah. He was, we were into it. Actually, it was just kind of a spontaneous kind of thing. Oh, that wasn't something that was planned? <laughs> not, we're going to have to play that, and we'll have to grab that, that tape. I'll get that tape, but we'll play that in a moment. But first, let's talk about it. Yeah. It was Terrestrial Spirits. We played that song earlier. Uh-huh. And um, this, sm- this part, the dub part of that song. That yeah, the dub played, version, yeah. Extended version, <laughs> and it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just I the the drum the drum effects and the guitar effects, and it's all live. Usually that's done in the studio. Stuff yeah. like that is not attempted live, but yeah, we kind of. I think my 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 theory is if it sounds good live, if it comes out good through the speakers live, and you record it, will sound good. 
You know, you should sound good. How about we play another song from the new album? All right. What are you going to do? We'll play Hitching a Ride. Oh, that's this, a good one. I like yeah, this. Yeah, Hitching a Ride on the Moon Splash. <laughs> like See, everybody, I wish, I mean, it's the, it's the 16th of January in Anguilla. If you can be there, if you can catch a plane, hitch a ride down to Anguilla, Sandy Island. Moon Splash is a great thing. We're going to try to bring it up here, though, confidentially. I, I haven't really talked to anybody about it. I guess it's something we have to get the okay with the city about it. Wouldn't that be great? We could bring a bunch of bands, bring you guys up here, and, uh, and maybe do it down on the Esplanade or something oh, like that. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, maybe a full moon in August. Uh-huh. I think in the summertime, I'm trying, I think sounds I'm, like a good thing. I think I'm slipping into a smoky dream here, man. <laughs> I'll be here. It, let's get to the music. It's uh, Hitching a Ride, Banky Banks, again, and it's always a pleasure to see we're talking about you all the time on the air, like you're like you're our best friends here. Oh, great! I hope we're we're, we're close here. Peace and love to all the people out there. We love you. 